Hey everyone, this is Ashika and you are listening to Always Aligning, the podcast supporting you in your journey of self-growth. It has been a tough few days for us over here in the United States of America. Women have lost their freedom and we have regressed almost half a century. It is just It is just unbelievable what is happening in this country and the millions of women that are being impacted and will be impacted in the coming few months. This podcast is dedicated to supporting women, especially women of color. And that conversation begins with basic female rights. Once we have stripped away a woman of her basic rights, she no longer has the ability to advance her life go and make the world a better place, fulfill all of her dreams, and birth all that she has the potential to. Finding her purpose is no longer something that she can even consider because now all she is focused on is finding ways to keep herself healthy, safe, and free. So today's episode is dedicated to talking about what has happened in the USA recently, talking about Roe v. Wade and the tremendous impacts it's going to have and is already having across the world. I wanted to use this space to help educate you on the topic, share some facts, and most importantly, share some resources. If you are someone that is in a position of privilege that can help, this is the time. There are so many ways that you can help and we get into that a little bit more in today's episode. Now, politics is not my strong suit, and it is an area that I'm continuously educating myself about and learning as clearly it has huge, huge impacts in our day-to-day life. But for today's episode, I know I needed reinforcement and to speak to an expert that can help shed more light. Today's guest is Ashni Mehta. Ashni is a civil rights activist and public policy expert. For the last seven years, Ashni has worked to build public support for reform in voting rights, women's rights, and criminal justice policy. I had a deep desire to hold space for this conversation and do something, and I wanted to use my platform because I think that's the very, very least I could do. I reached out to Ashni this weekend and asked her if she'd be able to hop on this conversation and... She was super supportive and hopped on to record a podcast on a Sunday. So thanks, Ashni, for giving me your Sunday. We hope this episode inspires you to take action and join the cause in fighting back and reclaiming the rights of women across the country. On June 24th, America as we know it changed forever. The land of the free and home of the brave took away basic liberties for a person with a uterus and regressed almost half a century back. How are you currently feeling, Ashni, and particularly for women in affected states such as Missouri, which has already enacted its trigger law banning abortion? Um, first of all, I'm speechless. We knew this was coming. Um, we saw the draft um, rolling when it leaked, and we knew we we had an idea that it was going to be this Friday, and we thought. I mean, I thought I was going to be prepared, and I just wasn't. There are no words like. I'm enraged. I'm devastated. I'm in shock because I, this is not the country that I thought I was living in. This is not, it just feels unsafe and unwelcoming and hostile. And I think everyone is terrified truly. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. This is not the land that our parents would have wanted 
to move to had they known it would be so difficult just to be a safe human being with total autonomy over their own bodies. Yeah. And I just can't imagine. Um, I think for me, it's, you know, we'll talk about this, but the constant attacks on our rights, it's just, I feel like they're all up for grabs at this point. Um, and, mm-hmm. you know, and all of these systems of like checks and balances that were supposed to protect us aren't. And we're just trying to figure out where to go from here. Yeah. Do you believe that the court had any merit in making this a state's right issue in their ruling? I mean, don't take it from me. Take it from the justices themselves during all of their confirmation hearings. They said that this was not possible, that they couldn't, they would never do this. We have all of them on record saying that they specifically would not overturn Roe. So, I mean, my opinion doesn't even matter in this case. I'm, I'm, politics is definitely not my strong suit. And always aligning is a space for, you know, conversations around self growth. But I think it would be, completely remiss of me to not hold space for this conversation because things like personal growth and working on yourself are also connected to privilege. And when you, you know, uh, overturn abortion rights and take away freedom for women, you are taking away the opportunity for women to advance, for them to create a better life for themselves. I haven't been able to stop thinking all weekend on what is wrong with them? What are they thinking when they've done something like this? Are they completely tone deaf to the you know impact that it can have, especially on women of color, especially on women um, that are already you know towards the poverty line or close to the poverty line that are going to be even more impacted by this? Where do you think the disconnect lies over here? Um, I think the best case scenario is that they haven't taken the time to consider the consequences for women and they're just not interested because it doesn't impact them. And the worst case scenario is oppressing women is the point. I don't know which one it is. I think it's, you know, there are people on both ends of the spectrum or somewhere in between. Um, but with the, the resources that are out there, um, the women that are telling these stories, um, even just, all the stories on Twitter of um, people related to these politicians or politicians um, who have forced women to get abortions or use plan B. Um, clearly this isn't what they truly believe. So something, there is some kind of disconnect and either it is that they are not listening to women or exactly what you said. And they're benefiting from women not having the same economic opportunities as men. I have like chills to, to even think or consider that in 2022, the best country in the world, that this could even be something that we have to talk about. (laughs) Right. Like it's just wild to me that like, why are we even having this conversation? Um, Yeah. And why are these men having these conversations with no women in the room? Um, It's a question I cannot answer. So for the women that are in the affected states, which I believe is approximately, 
half of the US. I th think I counted around 23. Some have already been put into effect now, and there are some that are pending. Um, there's going to be various types of, of restrictions put into place from outright bans to, you know, abortions prevented at a certain timeline around six weeks. Um, what would your advice advice be for a woman who might be faced with tough logistical choices, notwithstanding the tremendous emotions of the entire process? Yeah, I think um, the best advice I could give is to use the vetted resources that are out there. Um, we don't know what the consequences are going to be. We have no idea how they're going to enforce these laws or like how this is going to play out over the next few years. So, but these, there are vetted national organizations and um, resources that have that are more prepared to deal with this in a way that's safe. Um, so, you know, a couple of resources would be the National Abortion Federation, um, and they also have an abortion hotline, um, and that's at 1-800-772-9100. Um, and they can help you find a clinic in another state. They can help arrange transportation and help you pay for your care. So I think that is definitely one organization to reach out to. And then there's also the Abortion Care Network, um, and they have um, a texting um, program in which they will just send you the clinics in your area and help arrange transport and um, anything else you may need. And then there's also the National Network of Abortion Funds, um, which will also help with a lot of, um, of the logistics of it. And I'm going to link these in the show notes as well. So they're, they're there and available um, for your reference. I'm curious for those that are in safe states, non-impacted states like ours, like in New York, how can we be of best service to our fellow sisters across the country at this time? Yeah, so I would donate to... Um all of the, the resources that I just mentioned, but more so I would take the time to see how you can like volunteer with them. So I know a lot of people have been posting on social media, like if you need help, um, you know, let me know. But we, again, like don't know what the legal ramifications of that could be, or, you know, so it's better to go through an organization and have that knowledge and have that resource with you as well. So, you know, if you are trying to help people out, I highly recommend looking at what's out there, seeing how you can join like a volunteer network or becoming um, some sort of like, you know, resource network within that space. Um, but make sure you're going through the proper vetting process so everyone is, you know, doing the things in the most safe way possible. Yes. And I think most importantly, we need to involve men in this conversation. So how can men at this time be championing women? I mean, I personally know I have so many friends um, that have had abortions and, you know, seeing either their past a significant others or their current significant others be dead silent on social media, knowing full well that they benefited from abortions is shocking to me. Mm. Um, every single person should be speaking up whether they benefited or not. Um, men have abortion stories too. Abortion stories are not just for women. Um, and every single man should be sharing that, um, obviously with permission or the proper consent and privacy um, in mind. But to think that this is a woman's issue would be so reductive. Um, and the silence from a lot of our male counterparts has been deafening to say the least. Um, Every man should be out there protesting 
for women's rights. Um, we should, their men have significantly more power in our political structure than women do. And that is unfortunately a fact, um, one that of course we're all fighting to change, but while that exists, it is absolutely up to men to use their voice in this. Um, you know, someone mentioned men should also focus on being single issue voters. If there are people in um, Republican states that can vote solely on gun rights, then mm. there can be people that vote solely on being pro-choice and women's rights. And we should definitely champion that. Yeah. So men, this message is for you. We love you. We know you love us, but this is a time to really show up for us, to really go out there or or just do whatever you can. If you're if you can't protest, donate. If you can't donate, volunteer. At the very least, hold space for the women in your life, your friends, your family. Um, you don't know who's gone through what. And someday you might also be on the receiving end of this. So be there for us. Yeah. And most importantly, even if you're not speaking out publicly, at least have the tough conversations with your friends. Um, I think so many men shy away from within their own circles, having these conversations. Um, and I think that goes so much further than posting on social media actually mm -hmm. is just within their family and their circles to be standing up and speaking out for the right thing. Definitely. I hope that message landed to the person who needed to hear it. So what would you advise of the community to do to help engender change and ultimately help codify Roe in Congress? I know that's kind of the ultimate goal at this point. Does it even seem like a, a plausible outcome? You know, what does the path to go back to the status quo of just last week potentially look like? Yeah. Um, so if you want to make change at this point, the only thing we can do is really, really hold our leaders accountable in Washington. Um, we have to let Congress know that we're paying attention, that we're not going to just sit back and let them take away our rights without demanding something in the constitution, a constitutional amendment saying that this is our right. Um, and so what we need to do is call them every day. We voted. The Democrats are in power. They hold the Senate with, you know, a slim majority. Um, they have the house. They need to find a way to end the filibuster and actually make change before it's too late. Um, and the only way for us to do that is to call your representatives all the time. I know mm -hmm. the conversations right now have around voting and around civic engagement have gone as far as go vote, but that is truly the bare minimum for us at this point. And also that only benefits politicians. Politicians would love for you to show up on election day and then stop paying attention. What we actually need to do is organize and let them know that we're watching every single thing they're doing. We're going to hold them accountable. We are interested in our political rights. Um, it does matter to us how we're governed. And we're not just going to look away and let special interests or big donors run our government. It's This is a democracy. It's meant for the people. And we have to take charge of that and take ownership of that. And just to break it down further and make sure we're providing actionable steps, when you say call, what do what does one call and say? What is the what is the goal of that phone call? Yeah, so it depends. Sometimes it's uh, if it's for this for row, right? You say, "Hey, um, I want to speak to my representative 
I'm someone that's really, really passionate about um, women's rights. And I would like for you to vote in favor of codifying Roe or passing a constitutional amendment for um, access to abortions. And you should also, I recommend saying that you are in support of ending the filibuster um, to do this because um, I think a lot of politicians are going to fall back on, well, we can't do anything because there's the filibuster in place and we have to let them know that we're ready to give that up to actually mm-hmm. legislate. Okay. I love that. I've, I've, I've been seeing and reading. It's like, okay, call, call, call. But truthfully, I did not know when I call, what do I specifically say, right? Like, who do I speak to? What do I specifically say? How can I make that phone call really count? So basically call, express your um, stance on a specific issue, and then express the the desired outcome. Ask for what you want, in essence. Ask for what you want, right? And so what happens is maybe you won't get through to someone, maybe you will. And what they do is they take a note of like how many calls they're getting on a specific issue. And then they know that this is what their constituents are prioritizing. This is what their constituents care about, or at least the ones that are going to show up on election day, right? Because if you're calling, you're probably care about voting too. That's the assumption. So by calling, you're telling them what their voters care about. And so they're more likely to take that into account. Um, And so the more you call around a specific issue, the more likely they are to prioritize it. Thank you. Thank you for educating us. I needed that. The most damning thing in my read of Justin Clarence Thomas' opinion was the other rights that might be potentially impacted by this ruling, including same-sex marriage and the utilization of contraception. What can we do now to try and help ensure that the status quo remains here? Um, I think the same thing with that we said with Roe, um, we need Congress to make sure that these are in the Constitution so that the Supreme Court cannot leave it up to the states. Um, these need to be federal laws, um, not just something that the Supreme Court rules on. So, um, and we just need to make them constitutional rights. And the same thing, call your representative, let them know that you want to end the filibuster to protect our human rights. Um, and And... And I don't just mean call, email them, write, tweet at them, tag them on Instagram. Don't just post to your Instagram, tag your rep, make it hard for them to do anything without seeing how we feel. Hmm. That is literally their job. They're public servants. They're supposed to know how we as a society feel, and we are making it way too easy on them to take away our rights. So make it impossible for them. Make it miserable for them to take this away from us because it shouldn't be this easy. That's such a good point. It's like essentially spamming. So yes, whatever platform you're using, share, but also bring it to their attention. Tagging on stories, tagging on posts is is just one of the many ways that you can do that. Great point. Yeah. And we've seen it work um, by just, you know, and positive reinforcement, right? Like for when we want something past complimenting um, a politician on doing good work helps and goes a long way. Um, so they're, they are watching. They, they do care. Um, public opinion really matters. So speaking out is actually really important. Mm-hmm. Like you said, they are public servants and we have appointed them. We are the voters, um, but it is just important to hold them accountable by being consistent. Are there any other freedoms that you are worried that potentially might be on the line given now that we have crossed the red line with the road decision? Honestly, yes. Uh, This is a scary precedent to set to say that like, 
the way that Thomas Justice Justice Thomas mm. put it in writing, I it was chilling to read um, that he could just blatantly write that he's going to overturn rulings that give us some basic human rights. Um, so I actually don't really know what to expect. All I know is that now is the time to organize like hell and, and, and stop them from doing anything worse. The Supreme Court failed us. Is there a way, um, in your opinion, for any structural change to be made around this court to protect our rights and liberties moving forward? Yeah, I think we should also talk to Congress and talk to our leadership about expanding the Supreme Court and setting some term limits. Um, We've just seen what the implications can be when there are really, really old um, Supreme Court justices on the bench ruling for, for a generation that they no longer have any sort of relation or understanding of. Um, and those precedents are for, for life. These rulings are, you know, until the Supreme Court overturns it again um, or Congress does something. So to think that nine people sitting on the Supreme Court bench that probably have no shared experiences with a majority of Americans um, could make a ruling like this that impacts half of the country is, yeah, it's a lot. Unbelievable. So I think, unbelievable. So yeah, I would definitely think about setting term limits, expanding the court, um, and just, yeah, also setting some sort of ethical code of conduct. Um, there's just a lot going on right now with the Supreme Court, which really, yeah, is, is bad for our democracy. Right. And in essence, it's a court that just doesn't serve us the laws that are made for this land, the land has changed so much. You know, the world has changed so much. And it's always a shame to me when I see that the the, the laws and systems and policies and government don't change to accommodate that, the, the life that we have, you know, grown into. We are, we're in a very different world today. It's not what it was in the 1700s. And the, the progress has to be kept up and, and maintained, like we've seen several other democratic countries do, make changes to support the changes that, you know, they've gone through. Um, so here's hoping that we we somehow take a, a page from their books, right, and are inspired by other countries that are paving the way to embrace change. Absolutely. Ashni, I appreciate you hopping on this podcast with me at such short notice. I I felt the pull right away to do something, and I, I had to use my platform to have this conversation. So thank you for educating and sharing your thoughts and also providing actionable steps that the listeners can go out there and use and do. As we wrap up, would you like to speak to the woman right now that is deeply impacted by this, um, You know, perhaps in one of the triggered states and is just feeling really, really scared and vulnerable and terrified, right? Yeah, um, I think the one thing I can say is that we're not going to stop fighting um, for all of our rights. And so as scary as this is, just know that there are people that are there to support you um, and and that are not going to stop fighting um, for all of our safety and for abortion to be accessible for every woman. Um, and also to really, really use the resources out there, um, that you can, um, 
it is so easy, especially when you are experiencing something like a pregnancy or one that wasn't planned, or maybe some kind of medical condition that may not let you carry to term, um, to make this kind of decision. And there's so many emotions happening. Um, but to lean on the support system that you do have, um, and, and, and if you don't, to reach out to one of these organizations that can really provide you one um, because you absolutely do not need to go through this alone. This is Always Aligning the Podcast with your host, Ashika. If you too are feeling the pull to do something about the Supreme Court's recent decision to overturn Roe v. Wade, I have shared a few resources in the show notes that you can use to volunteer, donate, and share with your community. Keep educating yourself and holding your politicians accountable. Thank you, dear listener, and I will see you here next week.